these bags are heavy. Kotoka International Airport. If you are a pedophile, please return to your respective country. Taxi! Taxi! Accra, Accra, Accra. Sir, sir. 50 Ghana. Oh no, it's too much. SIM card. Do you need a SIM card? Oh yeah, thank Try you. this one or this one oh, or this you. one or... Thank you, I'll put it in my iPhone 7. Hello? Hello? I'm looking for Mensa and One Love Professor Kubelor, I think his name is. Yeah, they're supposed to pick me up at the airport. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Welcome to Accra, Ghana, where our man Jesse Shipley has just arrived with a mission. Hey, are you Mensa? Yes. Oh, nice to meet you. Welcome. Oh, thank you, sir. You must be Professor Kubelor. I always profess. I think my secretary told you that I'm in Ghana trying to figure out what the music scene is. We're yes. going to have a big concert and we really, I think we need your help. Absolutely. You've come to the right people. But first, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal savior? I'm not sure how to answer that question. Don't worry, we can work on that. Okay, okay. Do you want to be prosperous? Even more prosperous than you are right yeah, now? Yeah, I definitely want to be prosperous. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. I've come to the right place. Oh, that's great. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then I think we can be prosperous and we can work on this. So is this your car? Let's not talk about whose car it is. Okay, so we should hurry. It's a long story. A long story indeed. And have we got a story for you on this hip deep edition, Ghana 2, 21st century Accra from gospel to hip life. That's a marriage of hip hop and high life. We'll get into the latest developments, GH rap, tree pop, jama, and the Azonto dance craze. We'll also hear art music and traditional sounds that have found their way to the big city. I tell you, Ghana is buzzing. Here's anthropologist Jesse Shipley, author of the book Living the Hip Life, Celebrity and Entrepreneurship in Ghanaian Popular Music. These days, there's so much music coming out of Ghana. Some of it's highly commercial, some of it's political and underground, some of it's, you know, eclectic and out there. Some of it appeals to local audiences, some of it to international audiences. So to get into what Ghanaian music is, you really have to sit down and listen to a lot of things. Let's get started with a young sensation on the hip life scene, the artist known as E.L. E.L. is very much a prodigy. He's a great producer. He does videos which kind of speak to the subtleties of 20-something-year-olds who are kind of out to enjoy themselves in the world. So his music is very lighthearted, um, but his lyrics are very complicated, exciting, and kind of linked into life in Accra right now. Kalu even though life hard like bamboo, God bless me every day I choose. Some things you know if change about you. Flat too, always go melt like Cody Lagoon. And they sue you like I did for my room. And they chill like I do with it for Kakum. But he gets more dope as Bakum. When the chorus be simple in Paddy Kalu. Kalu, 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 Kalu,
swag In body call you the skin pink constant You get tattooed If I know say I'll be the next tycoon Sick of all the girlies They won't get tattooed If you just strip That's what be too far boo If you watch me I feel make your head by you Everything be brand new From the top to the jeans To the what Charlie Even down to the kamboo Fresh from Accra, Ghana, the artist EL. Josh Collinet with you on our hip deep survey of music in 21st century Ghana on Afropop Worldwide. Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. Okay, in a previous Hip Deep program, we told the early story of hip life, Ghana's signature blend of hip-hop and high life that began in the mid-90s. Here is Jesse Shipley with a quick refresher. The late 90s and early 2000s, this whole generation of artists is trying to cater to this young generation who were born in the 70s and 80s themselves. They want to hear the latest thing. And kids are listening to music out of the United States, out of Europe, out of various parts of Africa, but they want to hear something that's hip, that's new, that's modern, but that speaks to what's happening in Ghana. So they're really excited about Reggie Rockstone, Talking Drum, and later on then Obrafo and VIP and Achiame. This is hip-hop, but it's also Ghanaian. There's something about the sound, the rhythm, the lyrics that speak to local conditions of life. My name is Reggie Rockstone, Reginald Osei Awasante. Um, some call me the grandpapa of hip life, the originator, and uh, I'm still here. My story is long and short. I came home at the right time. Radio stations just started popping up, and um, the young folks here, man, they was connected to hip hop but it was usually via tapes that brothers or cousins would have sent them from America or from London, MTV raps, whatnot. And uh, I actually have lived a true hip-hop lifestyle in the West. You know, we was opening for groups like Das Effects, EPMD. I was in a group called PLZ in England, and uh, we, we had already made our name. So me coming home, my father was a strong Pan-African, and so I came home for Panafest. So I was originally supposed to just come here, kick a few little raps, visit family and go back to the West. But then when I got here, I was like, whoa, things have changed. These kids, they could probably dig what it is that we was doing back there. So I stayed and instead of me rapping in English, you know, I'm bilingual. So when I started rapping in Cree, the folks that was listening to me were immediate believers. It was like, oh, he, he's rapping in Cree, but it sounds real authentic. We kept going on and on and shot videos. We did everything that some kid in New York would have done with an art form and they loved it. 
We asked Reggie to rap for us in Tui and he didn't miss a beat. I haven't done this for so long, but it just came, it just came flooding right back, you know. <laughs> the reason Reggie hasn't rapped in Tree for a while is that he's not just a musician anymore. He runs a nightclub called Rockstone's Office, owns a studio, and now even stars in his own reality show. Meanwhile, rapping in Tree has become commonplace. But it's not easy. For one thing, the language is tonal, so inflection and flow can change the meaning of your words completely. Here's the rapper Gray, one of Reggie Rockstone's early discoveries. Watching Prey, Stick and Stay in Hip Life, Nehian the Gray, featuring Bibray a bad day. Producers boy for yes and no music, no pay. Your two or three money want your can in your way. Gray in the game, no bloody fears. As I see, I see my tenor here, 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 yes. You know, I'm just saying where I'm from and I've been underground for all these years. But there's some type of rhymes that has to end with English. Because it will be easier for me to get where I want to get to. But if I really want to rhyme it all in three, then I really need to have my homework done. Tree pop. Tree pop. Tree pop. What's tree pop? Excuse me. Buffalo seller, please come. You look like a tree pop rapper. Charlie, what be tree pop? No, somebody buy the buffalo. I'll be like, no tree. What tree, you know, it be the language of the tree, you know. We blend it with the hip hop. It's just nice, authentic, maybe hip hop beats. Okay. And the lyrics are authentic. Chi, which is a language of the Akans, okay. and they rap in that language over these hip hop beats. Oh, and nice. it's, it's phenomenal. Tree pop singer and rapper D. Crime. We wondered, beyond language, do hip life artists incorporate local Ghanaian musical elements? University of Ghana professor and Ghana music veteran John Collins has been no fan of the excessive electronics in Ghanaian popular music in recent decades. But he says the pendulum is swinging back. You see, what happened is that the hip life at the beginning was very derivative of American music, except for the words. Basically, it was more American funk music with African lyrics or tree lyrics. But 10, 11 years ago, there was the, the beginning of a shift towards performing live and integrating African rhythms. That's Ubor, head of the Ghana Musicians' Union. This is an example of what John is talking about, yet another pop music subgenre. Jama Hip Life. Jama Hip Life was a type of hip life where they started to use more indigenous rhythms, but they would break the rhythms into pieces. So they'd take a palogo rhythm and they would sort of remodify it electronically. The only trouble is that some hip lifers felt that the lyrics were like crunk. They were not serious in any way, they were just party time. And then, of course, the more orthodox hip lifers broke away and formed the underground that then became called GH Rap. 
which was more modeled on the American model. In his encounter with One Love and Mensa, Jesse Shipley discovered that not everyone approves of this development. We've got high life, we've got hip life, so what else? Well, we've got GH rape. GH rape. Uh, what is that like? A raping of hip-hop, American rap. So it's born and raised Ghanaian lyricist rappers who change their accents into American accents and rap. And when we hear it, we feel like our eardrums are being raped. So they, they think they're GH rapping, but we think they're GH raping. Some people in Ghana say, well, these artists aren't sounding Ghanaian enough. And it's interesting to me to think about what does it mean to sound like you're coming from a particular place. And I think in this kind of cosmopolitan music world that we all inhabit now, it's important for artists to be able to have the freedom to draw on all sorts of influences. And then as listeners, we can decide what we want to pick and choose. Actually, original girl, no show black power. Mm, that's one thing I talk I know here. Bera. Producer D Black is one versatile guy. He mostly raps in English, but on his hit Vera, he pours out his heart in pidgin English over a Jama beat. We met D Black in his studio in Accra and he told us his story. This is where I live, this is where I grew up. And right down the road from here there was a studio called Hush Hush Studio. And this is where Reggie Rockstone was recording. The studio was just three minutes away from here. So I started going to the studio there, um, started learning how to write rap properly and um, started recording songs. By that time there was a new force in media star making in Africa, satellite television. Channel off, MTV base. Trace TV, Sound City, these four stations show music videos from all around Africa. So they play music videos, you see Ghana, next video you see is from Nigeria, next you see is from Kenya, next you see is from Uganda, next you see is from South Africa. And DJs that play on radio start getting the music that they see on TV. Of course, it takes money to enjoy satellite television, but for a growing audience of viewers all over Africa, these stations present music competitions and award ceremonies all year round. And starting in 2009, D Black had a winning streak, a string of nominations and awards for his songs and videos. D Black got a big boost from the rise of what Jesse Shipley calls technology-driven celebrity culture. These award shows in South Africa and in Nigeria and in Ghana bring the African musicians together. They start collaborating. You're seeing them on, on the satellite TV network. You're meeting them at shows outside the country. We're all nominated for award shows. We get together, we vibe, we like each other's music. Let's put a song together, promote it in your country, promote it here. And now everybody's doing it. D Black's album The Revelation features guest artists from seven African countries. This song Joy and Pain features two American artists and Salah Edin, a rapper from Morocco. The song was produced by veteran hip-hop producer Coptic, a Ghanaian born in Brooklyn. How is that for Afropolitanism? Joy and the pain. Joy and the pain. 
بندم ندم سباق الوقت كجو الحر بنادم كيموت العم كيبو الحق شباب في الكاليان توازيم بلاس زيزوار تحسنان علي عمار بقاس حريق بالراس ما كاين لازاس ليك لاغاس بلادي بوفغيز وفري سماوني كل حياة في الغربة بلادي يا جنبي إرهابي في الميكروف تحمدنا كجمي فساد في الزناقي رشوة في دروبة Arabic rap on a Ghanaian track. That may be a first, and it's a sign of the new mobility in African music. Of course, some of the most interesting current music in Ghana makes use of local languages, not just Twi, but Ga, Fante, Ewe, Hausa, and others. Jesse Shipley says the best lyricists also make clever use of traditional proverbs. If you are a public speaker, in a chief's palace, you are going to be respected for your ability to use proverbs, for your ability to lay out the issues that you've brought to the public. And that tradition of eloquence makes its way into hip life, into high life, into the various strands of music that you see today. Proverbs are indirect. Proverbs are ways to make complicated statements, either to insult or to praise or to circulate ideas in very kind of philosophical ways. So a successful proverb or a successful story or a successful song works not because it's obvious what it means to listeners, but in fact quite the opposite. So controversy, um, disagreement often is the way that music circulates and becomes popular. Jesse says that of all the hip life artists using proverbs these days, the rapper Obrafor is tops. In his song Kwame Nkuma, Obrafor works in well-known proverbs like the one about the porcupine. The porcupine is a symbol of the Ashanti nation. He says in the song, if you kill a thousand, a thousand more will come. And it's a kind of Ashanti motto, which represents the fierceness, the warrior spirit, uh, the collectivity of Ashanti. It's interesting in that song because there are references in some ways to Ashanti collectivity, but they're also to Ghanaian unity. So there are kind of multiple publics being invoked through this. Okay, now to an artist making global waves out of Ghana today, Manifest. Check out this song from his CD, The Birds and the Beats. You won't miss the Fela Kuti samples, nor the fact that this guy is a deep thinker, not just a party rapper. Sometimes... I remember back in the days like it was yesterday When I was a youngin' in Ghana plotting my destiny Kwame was the name I was given born on a Saturday In the military regime by there was sanity West of the continent where it could feed honesty Big behinds come on like inflation in the economy What they happen is how I greet my brothers usually They say Charlie, I'm cool even though they don't own property June 4th and March 6th, they were holidays But last week couldn't remember hardly So I call moms on the phone and we parlay My memory we getting more ziggy than it Marley. Nostalgia, I hold close like she wifey, tightly I'm afraid I can't take it lightly Cause when I lose my grip and she R.I.P I ain't gon' never know the man that I used to be, no Manifest is interesting, he was based in the U.S. for a while Grew up in Accra, went to college in the U.S. Had a successful career breaking into the hip-hop world as an underground artist And then decided to move back to Ghana and I think has done a really nice job in recent years of linking what's happening in Accra to kind of global hip-hop. 
He's got a strong Pan-Africanist sensibility in the way he dresses and the way that he presents himself, and his lyrics can be quite introspective and philosophical, as well as pointing to social injustice in the world. The name is Manifest. Uh, what I do is unapologetically African. I try to tell narratives untold, so I'm very lyrical. At the same time, we try to be very musical with it, bringing the influences from the music I grew up listening to, the high life, the, you know, the Botelas, the Konimos, the Gosibisas, these, these are the influences to what I grew up also listening to as a, a young man in a, this, now they say, Afropolitan existence, hearing hip-hop, reggae music, all that comes in, into this collage that uh, helps me paint different pictures. But most importantly, it's about the stories I tell. I mean, they're unapologetically African, they're African stories, they're Ghanaian stories. Get a 9 of 5 with an H1B, roll with the punches, Muhammad Ali. In the land of the milk, honeys and bee, mom's begging me to get a college degree. Same routine, things on my to-do list, get a paycheck, cash it, spend foolish. If I get arrested for driving reckless, out of the cop, me no speaking no English. Wahala is endless, so, so infinite. Strangers on the internet trying to get intimate. Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, YouTube. Need a lawyer, pro bono like you two. African juju twisting the minds is tempted to do some 419 though. It's like payback at a little dope. Gotta make sure my kid don't grow up broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now here's a surprise. Manifest is the grandson of Ghana's preeminent ethnomusicologist and composer, Professor Kwabin Anketia. Check out the nod to indigenous Ghanaian music in Manifest's song, Asa. And by the way, the powerful female voice you'll hear belongs to Effia, a rare female star in Ghana's non-gospel pop music. All right, Manifest and Effia with Asa. You know, probably the hottest act on the Ghanaian scene today is R2Bs. The name means refuse to be broke, and their songs address the realities of impoverished youth. Life on the hustle on the urban African street. R2Bs also borrow from the popular Niger pop sound of Nigerian stars like The Bounge and P Square. Use your head and use your hand. Don't you envy brother man. After all, we all be one. No, hey. Don't keep doing what you do doing and don't watch nobody. Now who you for listening to me, Baba God, Mankind go give you story, but in the end they go leave you lonely. So make your own story, yeah. Wallah, maybe I'm a Duru no Bankoma. I keep moving on, I'm a soldier. I'm not gonna lose the title of a holder, yeah. Wallah, maybe I'm a Duru no Bankoma. I keep moving on, I'm a soldier. I'm not gonna lose the title of a holder. Winners don't quit cause quitters don't win. Ghana's blockbuster R2Bs with Walai. Tell you, no group in Ghana draws bigger crowds than these guys. But I should remind you that for all the media and international buzz of the acts we've been hearing, the biggest music market in Ghana is still gospel. It's been that way for years. More on gospel coming up. And we have a special podcast on Ghanaian gospel at afropop.org where you'll meet this grooving band, Soul Winners. 
Roots Gospel Band Soul Winners rehearsing a cooking African groove loaded with indigenous percussion. It turns out this band was inspired to bring Ghanaian tradition into their gospel sound after seeing a Muslim African singer. Well, perhaps you've heard of him. Yusundur. Hmm? Quite a story. This is a performance of an art music piece called Echoes, composed by this gentleman. My name is George Wolasi Kwesido. I'm currently an associate professor of music at the University of Mississippi, and my area is ethnomusicology. But originally, I'm a Ghanaian. I'm an Ave. I come from a town called Alavanyo Wudidi in the Volta region of Ghana. And George Dorr is also an accomplished composer, particularly of choral works. He gave us a taste. So do 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 ti do re re la la re 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 do ti do do su do do la to su fa mi su mi mi fa fa re so 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 fa mi fa fa do Jesus Christ thank you for coming to die on the cross for me of course I'm a Christian so you don't be surprised you you hear all these Christian titles not so different from soul winners, George Dorr's works combine elements of Christianity, traditional rhythms of Ghana, Western harmony, even high life. You hear that in this song he composed for Ghana's 50th anniversary of independence in 2010. Professor Dorr makes a strong case that there is room for all these elements in Ghanaian music today. I would say it's stereotypical to even separate our traditional music from art music. We know what is traditional music, we know what is uh, Western art music, but African art music is an intercultural art. It is symbiosis between African and Western musical elements. Notice how similar this argument is to the defense of hip life and GH rap a symbiosis of African and Western elements. George Dorr says that for all the popular music and gospel flooding the airwaves and satellite television channels in Accra, traditional culture is alive and well. One crucial reason for that is the labor migrants in Accra. You have a lot of accounts, you have a lot of avis, people coming from the, the Agari in Accra. 
So when they migrate, they form associations and they make music. So when they meet, they will be playing either Kenka, which is Angla Efe dance, or those who are nothing Efe will form groups, will be playing hot Bobobo, or Dashanti will be playing hot Adowa, the Dagbong will be playing Damba Takai or Bambaya, right in Accra. So although we, we have all these Western elements, we still have this traditional meat coming from migrants. Music originally from the Denkira region of Ghana. Coming up, Azonto, more gospel, women in Ghanaian music, and the one and only FOKN Boys. Be sure to visit Afropop.org to read extensive interviews with Jesse Shipley, George Dore, and others, and to hear a web exclusive podcast on gospel music in Ghana. And check out Jesse Shipley's terrific book. Living the Hip Life, Celebrity and Entrepreneurship in Ghanaian Popular Music and its companion film. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. being in the city until you've bribed the police officer. Just so you feel this an initiation oh, really? into Accra. That's how you operate here? Yeah, just take something out of your pocket. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Afternoon. Uh, Where are you from, foreign guy? Oh, I'm from New York. I'm just visiting here. Too. New York? Yes. Yes, sir. Tell, give us something small for coffee. Yes. Something small. You know, we have to clear our throat over here. Yeah, I hear something. Are you okay? And please, no need to be discreet. No, just put it in our hand. How much should I give you? You are from America, so Dallas. Better, give how us, much should I give him? Just give him a $5. He'll be okay. <laughs> yes, I boss. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, when I gave money, he changed. Oh. Yes. It became really friendly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the best in your family. Thank you, sir. Thank God you, bless sir. you. Oh, you are yeah. the best. Well, that's one way to make money. But when it comes to music in Ghana, it turns out that entrepreneurship and resourcefulness have always been important. Here is John Collins. Ghanaians have always been commercially oriented, sort of natural capitalists in a very healthy way. I mean, the whole of the cocoa industry was based on entrepreneurs. It wasn't the British decision to create the cocoa industry, it was Ghanaian entrepreneurs. One did well, so others copied him and so on. Concert parties, you know, they weren't set up by the state. They would pay for gate fees and they would even follow the cocoa markets. When the cocoa boom was on, they would go to a village and collect money. That's always been with Ghanaians. Jesse Shipley says capitalism in Ghana is even stronger today in the age of hip life. There's a real kind of corporatization of the music industry in Africa and in Ghana. And in some ways, what's popular in a particular country may not be what becomes popular internationally. Um, the artists who are popular amongst people in Kumasi or across
across Ghana may not be the artists who are celebrated or best known in other places. There's a bit of a contradiction happening on multiple levels. So some of the artists who are celebrated kind of as more political and more pan-African, such as Mensa and One Love and Manifest, are perhaps not the most popular in Ghana because they're speaking more to a, a particular, maybe slightly underground international cosmopolitan set. Artists have to make choices, and those choices have consequences. But artists are constantly experimenting with that. Okay, maybe they'll put one song on their album that's going to try and speak to Nigeria, and another song that's going to speak to typical issues that have to do with daily life in Ghana. And those, but those are difficult things that artists are struggling with right now. Right now, to be more successful, you need people who are really in love with what you do and are ready to push you. It's not really about money, but it's about the people who are really dying to follow up and make things happen. Now you see most artists, you know, being signed to these telecom companies and, you know, being ambassadors for products and stuff like that. You know, so all those endorsements is really opening the industry right now, because back in the day, one in a million for you to hear, this person has this contract. That's veteran rapper Gray, a guy who used his school fees to make his first recordings and still hustles to release mixtapes on the internet. Gray speaks to the rough and tumble of life, streets in Accra. To get those big internet numbers, award show nominations, and corporate endorsements, you need to look successful, even if you're not. Here's another veteran of the scene, producer and DJ, Pake Holbrook-Smith. In the urban areas, hip life and azonto is very popular. But outside that, it really isn't. You'd go to concerts, uh, maybe in Kumasi, and you'll have the hip life artists. They'll come, they'll perform, but let one of the traditional musicians come on stage and perform, and they are rapturous. For the hip life and Azonto, it's been a lot of hype. I mean, I've been one of the masters of that hype, you know, so I, I think I should know. Um, it's been more hype than real. And the fact that uh, a lot of the media is also controlled by peers of the hip life generation also helps tremendously. DJs aren't just people who, you know, play music. They're actually integral in terms of producing and popularizing and spreading music. Really from the late 1990s, with the rise of private radio stations, DJs became these kinds of figures who would mediate what became popular. They were really these kind of artists themselves, but also middlemen who would help facilitate what was happening in music. Hello world, this is DJ Black. One of the most important DJs is DJ Black. DJ Black works for uh, Joy FM, and he's got a couple of crucial radio programs, Friday night and Saturday night, weekend warmer and open house party. And he's interesting because he mixes international hip hop, American music, UK music, South African, music from across Africa. And he's, some, he's a really a, a student of music, like a lot of DJs. He's really aware of what's going on. He's a tastemaker. But DJs don't have all the power. In the transnational age of Facebook and YouTube, well, sometimes things can take on a life of their own. Take the biggest development in Ghanaian pop music in recent years, Azonto. Azonto sort of emerges right after the World Cup in 2010. The music, the beat ties into styles of jama, of palingo, of high life rhythms. It takes on a particular flavor that starts to be identifiable. Sarkodie's song, You Go Kill Me, is really the inspiration behind the Azanto movement. All right. You know, say money no be problem. Azanto right. is slang for a loose woman, a street right. girl. Shashi. 
Yeah, Shashi. like Shashi. Yeah, okay. like Shashi. Wow, you know about Shashi? Oh, uh, yeah, I did some reading. It has now become a phenomenon. The rapper talks about meeting an Azanto girl and his relationship to her. It's both celebrating as well as kind of criticizing this idea of this street girl. So it's a kind of open for debate about how the song represents this Azanto girl. But this song and then subsequent songs start to spread the term around and popularize it. And it starts to mean something more of a general kind of hustle. It's sort of a celebration of the hustler aesthetic. You know, Azanto as a style of dance, as a style of music, as a way to think about how you hustle in an urban context. It's been a long time since I saw Millicent, but she will always be my number one chick, cause this song not only launched Azonto, it also boosted EL's career and solidified the rapper Sarkozy's position as a star. D Black talked to us about how hard it is to get a start in Ghanaian pop and how Sarkozy, known as Ghana's fastest rapper, aced the game. In the beginning, it has to be a rich relative, rich friends, or luck, or just incredible talent. I think somebody like Sakonia, he's so talented that he didn't have to spend too much money to get to where he got to because he was doing something that nobody had heard before. He was rapping so fast, everybody wanted to hear him. I was like, who is that monster rapping? And the good thing about him is he raps so fast, but you could still understand everything he was saying. That song just took off. It became the biggest song in Ghana and won the most popular song of the year award at the Ghana Music Awards. Azonto was a dance, but it wasn't that popular, but he had a line in the song where he used the word Azonto and people just picked it up. And because they could do the dance to that kind of beat, they just started calling it an Azonto song. There's a lot of so-called Azonto music these days, but fundamentally, it's a dance a welcome development for John Collins. Finally, it took hip life 15 years to get a dance. You know, in Ghana, most high life, Afrobeat, everything comes with its accompanying dance. There was this disconnection between hip life and a recognized form of dance. But upcoming singer Lady J doesn't consider the dance anything new at all. It's a rhythm within us. I can play an Amazonto track, I'll move a certain way, you won't be able to move that way. So it has been around since. I don't think that there's anything new under the sun. Well, maybe Panji Anoff, creator of Pigeon Music and one of the founding producers of Hip Life, has it right. Azonto wasn't so much a new thing as a coming of age. Azonto music is proof that it took Hip Life almost 25 years to actually embrace its own true identity. But then you look at hip-hop in America, and hip-hop in America also took a good 25 years to mature. Azonto has blown up, spreading throughout the Ghanaian diaspora worldwide. It's even caught on with Ghana's rivals and neighbors in Nigeria. 
Reggie Rockstone. So, you know, Ghanaians are mad and the Nigerians are doing the Azunto now. I'm like, so what? They're your neighbors. You know, what you expect? The dancers fly, they do it. You know, people in Ghana was doing the twist. Nobody got mad. So, is Azonto the new hip life? Well, Reggie doesn't think so. But then, he has a personal interest in the hip life brand. Azonto is like a branch off of the tree. You know, mind you, you would have never had hip life without hip hop. You know, that's why I named it Hip Life. It had a lot to do with branding, by the way. You know, my pops was real slick. Like He said, Reg, what you're doing is revolution. You got to name it. So the hip from hip hop, the life from high life. Put it together, perfect branding. It's hard to get folks to agree about all these genre names. Azonto, GH Rap, Jama. Some people call the singer Efia's music tree-pop, but she's not buying it. You know, if you're rapping in tree, it's just you rapping in tree, so rap. It doesn't mean we have to call it, what, what is, I don't know what tree-pop is, but I think it's still rap. You know, it's either you're rapping or you're singing. If you call something a particular style, what's more interesting to me is then someone else disagreeing and saying, no, that's not what it is, because that in itself drives interest. People are, are excited about what the music is, and they're trying to put it in categories, but the debate itself is vibrant. So here's something to debate. What about women in Ghanaian popular music? If you're talking secular, there are surprisingly few. Anjianov. For women to go out as contemporary pop artists requires a very brave kind of individual. One who is not going to be swayed by religious opinion, familial pressure, not necessarily from your parents, but it can be extended family, it can be classmates, you need to go on your own journey. Don't expect the sympathy or the understanding of people around you. There have been very few women involved in hip life music. The first significant female artist was Abrewanana. She had a very kind of tough style. She wasn't trying to flaunt her sexuality. She was very much in command of the stage and of her voice, and she's got a very powerful presence. Ms. Bell was the next female artist who was an important hip life presence. And she had a very different kind of stage presence. At the time, people used to call her kind of the Little Kim of Ghana. And she very much had a hypersexual presence on stage. She's a very good musician but she was very market conscious. She was trying to reach an audience and be provocative. But she also was attacked on stage at one point when she was performing by audience members. And later on, she was then blamed for provoking the audience for dressing in too provocative a manner and for being a disrespectful woman. So she was blamed for her own assault. Actually, in the first years of hip life, there were more female audience members involved. It was more eclectic. I think after the assault on Ms. Bell, there was a kind of masculinization of the music for a few years. Well, happily, there are a number of women rising on the scene these days. One of the most popular is Effia. We asked her how she looks back on what happened to Miss Bell. She pointed out that this was over 10 years ago, a long time in pop music history. And she was on stage with her bum out and everything. And people were not like, 
agree with you because of the tradition. There was nothing wrong with it then. But as a woman, you're not supposed to expose your body. Maybe she was just really just trying to look hot. But it's where she did it at and stuff like that. But then she's back on her game. She's doing her thing, so it's all cool. She's out here. If you told us that times have changed too, and maybe Miss Bell is part of the reason. You know, in a way, she is a hero because she really like, gave other people the confidence to start dressing like that. And maybe that's why everybody got used to it and now they are not attacking people like when they wear their bum shorts. It looks hot instead of looking bad. Efia has one of the best voices on the scene and unusually, she insists on performing with a live band. Promoters don't like that, but they have to accommodate her because she keeps producing hits like this song, Cigarette, in which she likens unsavory boyfriends to a bad habit. Boy, why you gotta act like you don't know that you're my ultimate high? Every time I see you, every time I feel you, cause you make me fly. So high, so high, yeah. Burning me in my chest like a cancer, but I want you more, no questions, no answer. Effia with cigarette. Reggie Rockstone says Ghana needs more women with Effia's drive and focus. The women are not stepping forward. There's two things. They either lost interest or they get married. You know what I mean? Whichever way, um, it's still very male-dominated and the presence of the women is, is still not very, you know, it's not felt. It's a lot of pressure. I believe the thing is to just stay on top of your game because no matter what, it's a competition. But while staying on top of your game, do not lose track of what you're doing. Make sure that this is what makes you happy. Because if this is what makes you happy, you will put everything possible to make it amazing every time. So that's why we're trying to make music that lives. Because sometimes, you know, they make hits and it comes and it goes. If our music lives forever, maybe the boys would understand that we're here to stay. Of course, when it comes to Ghana's biggest music market, gospel, it's a whole different story. Here's John Collins. The estimates for the size of the gospel music scene is anywhere between 60 and 70% of the whole commercial output of this country. Which means, in fact, that hip life and all the other things we've been talking about is quite marginal. It's because the churches have their own networks of distributing this music. They have their recording studios, their record labels. It's a complete commercial infrastructure. 65% of the population is now Christian, and 60% of all the up-and-coming singers in the churches are women. So the women have actually just hijacked singing from the men in terms of popular music, because gospel music is dance music. We have a full report on Ghanaian gospel music a web-exclusive podcast on afropop.org. But for now, here's one of the top gospel acts in Ghana today, the Daughters of Glorious Jesus.
have to believe. Really? <laughs> That's where the money is. Uh, if you believe, if, then you get money. No, if, <laughs> if, if you want to make money at the show, yes, you have to put on a gospel show. Because the show we want to put on is really to represent what's going on in Ghana. We yes. want people to know what's yes. happening in Ghana. Yes, a gospel rock show. That's gospel rock. Yes. So that's what Ghanaians are listening no. to. No, gospel rock show. It's not gospel rock. Gospel it's a gospel rock, rock show. show. Okay. And what kind of music is going to be at this gospel Gospel music. Gospel music. Azonto for Christ. Yes. Okay. okay. I think it's time to meet Mensa and One Love formally. That's the FOKN boys. First question. What's up with that name? It's not a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. So that kind of like worked for it just us. just means you're not serious. Yeah. Like you're really not serious. Right. And so that kind of like worked for what we wanted to represent. Even as much as we wanted not to take ourselves seriously, the acronym was Fear of Knowing Nothing. And then it went through phases. French objects killing ninjas, foes of Kwame Nkrumah. And so now since we are prosperity gospel <laughs> porn yes. musicians, it's for, for our, our king, king now. now. That's what it really stands for now because we're now a full-fledged gospel porn rap. Prosperity, Prosperity rap. rap group. You know, we're evolving, you know. Keep growing. Yes. Sorry, say that again. Prosperity gospel Christian porn rap. <laughs> evolving, hey? Well, among the duo's recent songs, sexing Islamic girls, sex terrestrial sex, strong homosexual guys, a satirical jab at homophobia, and this little gem. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming one day. Jesus is coming, yes, Jesus is coming, yes, Jesus is coming one day. Place abroad, this verse is taken from the book of Romans, the part about enjoyment of flesh between man's and woman's. The book is elaborate, it goes further to explain that for the coming to be breathtaking, use your brain. When on your knees, beseeching the holy power, open wide and receive, believe and don't cower. For the rod of the Lord gives in abundance. Those who will run from the coming will live in wonderance, never knowing what sweet manna tastes like. Do you fear to swallow the truth and taste life? For sin is an acquired taste. Man is full of goodness. Don't let it go to waste. Be full of grace and face a snake's temptation. Heavenly gates await the Lord's penetration. Evil period, Moses, the sea of blood. Get serious, Noah, prepare for the great flood. Amen. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming one day. Oh boy. But the song these guys really took hit for had nothing to do with sex or religion. They have a song called Thank God We're Not a Nigerians. It's a very interesting song because they take on the persona of Ghanaians who are criticizing Nigerians. And so on the surface, the song is a critique of Nigerians from a kind of general perspective, but it's also a critique of Ghanaians for being parochial and criticizing Nigerians. Um, and they, of course, were criticized by Nigerians for being critical. They were criticized by Ghanaians. But the song is also hugely popular. When they do shows, Nigerians love the music. You know, people will be calling for the song. It's, you know, straight up satire, picking up on a proverbial tradition of provoking, of getting people to question their own sensibilities. Cool, man. This are really accents. Oh, yeah, man. Whilst we have four colors in our flag, they only have two. 
Thank God we are not a Nigerians. 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 Kofi is a common name. That's what even I say. But a Ghanama will never call a child Friday. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. Oh, always shouting very loud. Don't know how to whisper. And why say Mister instead of Mister? Thank God we are not a Nigerians. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. You like school more than any African I've seen. Simple thirteen, and you still say thirteen. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. They banned your whole team, and you can't even play. Can't you just say hi? What is Kilo and Shelly? Thank God we are not a Nigerians. And they point out the kind of stupidity of nationalist critiques by saying, you know, the opening of the song, they talk about, well, you know, you only have two colors in your flag, whereas we have more colors in our flag. Pointing to the kind of pettiness of critique itself frames the song. They make fun of Nigerians for being over the top, for being too loud. And in the same process, they're making fun of Ghanaians for maybe shrinking back in public and not being bold enough. So they're kind of criticizing both sides of something. Fella was a great musician. Yes, of course, but why 27 wives, one red dress? Thank God we are not a Nigerians. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. You created Nollywood. Yeah, more film, but too many witches and wizards in your films. Thank God we are not a Nigerians. They use a lot of pidgin. They use a lot of local phrasings and things like that. They make fun of Nigerians for wearing traditional dress. Why are Nigerians always dressed in traditional wear? Why don't you wear... Dolce & Gabbana or Armani and things like that. They're poking fun at the idea that Nigerians are more interested in traditional culture than in high fashion and sort of contemporary Western styles. But it's interesting, so at the same time, they're making fun of the people who would say that. Some people fault today's popular musicians in Ghana for being apolitical. They worship Fela Kuti, but for his style, not his message. We met a young scholar, Grace Abba Ayensu, who said this about Fela's cachet with trendy Ghanaian musicians. They don't really get his politics at all. Very little is about the politics. It's really about his notoriety, the coolness, you know. Most of them come from the middle class. They live very comfortable lives. They are not really forced to engage with the realities of, you know, living in, in Ghana right now. And so some of the artists that are the most political are actually very highly educated in the West around these particular social issues. But at least you are better than Liberians. So thank God you're not a Liberians. 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 So what about this place I've been hearing about, Rockstone's office? I heard that Reggie Rockstone has been doing hip-hop for a long time. Yes, yes, yes. Do you yes, know yes. this guy or...? Is he... Yes. We heard he's nice. Okay. But we haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> you know, he just walks around with long dreadlocks. Oh, really? Smiling at everybody, laughing, cracking jokes, making everybody laugh. So he's like a politician? Oh, wow. Well done there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I envy them. You know, people take them too serious and they having fun. They use my studio anytime. I support them 100. Till somebody starts shooting in them, then uh, I might have to bail out because some of the stuff they say, I can't say. 
mean? Sex and Islamic girls, come on now. You know, but they, they you know, they put us, they make me laugh. It's humorous, you know, they make it light. You know, like, come on, man, don't be so heavy. Man, there's so much more to hear from Ghana, but we're out of time. Be sure to check out our podcast on gospel music to visit the Joy Temple and meet the amazing soul winners. And visit afropop.org for interviews, mixtapes, blog posts, videos, and more from our work in Ghana. We leave you with a taste of an important new trend in Ghana, the popular rise of musicians from the country's northern region. Here's King Aisoba from his classic release, Modern Ghanaians. for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Thanks to Jesse Shipley, John Collins, Benjamin Lebrave, George Dore, Ricky Burkhead, Linda Goldstein, and our Kickstarter backers, and all our friends in Ghana for their help with this program. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Banning Air. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan and Stephanie Lebeau. Banning Air edits our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Atane Ofiadja. And I'm Georges Collinet. Public Radio International.